Welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today. We are going to discuss about how to craft your signature talk. And for that, we have a very special guest. Through his training and networking organization, Speaker Venture, since 2011, John Block has personally mentored over 500 entrepreneurs to use public speaking to dramatically increase their revenue and social impact. John has spoken on more than 100 stages, sharing the stage with the biggest leaders in the entrepreneur and human potential movement. John was named one of the top 20 conscious entrepreneurs of 2013 in the annual Terra Awards. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Hello, Oscar. Thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share with your audience. Oh, it's very nice talking with you, John. Could you now start telling us a bit more about yourself and your what you are doing lately, your projects? Yes. So I live in San Diego. My wife and I are based here and we work together. My wife, Ronnie, is my rock and my production supervisor for my events. So the Speaker Venture community meets four times per year. And what it's comprised of is really conscious speaker entrepreneurs who want to both profit as much as they can through their speaking and their businesses and to really positively impact lives through their work. So by getting together uh, four times a year, we both focus on mastering further your signature talk because this is not just a one and done kind of process. It's an evolving mastery, something that even I'm still doing it after five years and delivering my signature talk hundreds of times. I'm still finding ways to further perfect it. Uh, then there's the networking where there's exchange of speaking engagements that happens there because the best way to get new speaking engagements is to network and ask other speakers for introductions. And then there's a masterminding the big vision growth for their journey too. So those are the key things that happen at Speaker Venture. Mm -hmm. And since when you are doing public speaking, when did your career start I started in 2010. Uh, at the time, I was a music and arts event promoter, so I put on a lot of mm -hmm. big festivals. And I just associated myself with being the behind-the-scenes guy. I always loved events and mm -hmm. loved community, and I still believe in that very much, that the greatest way to transform lives is through live in person. So I went to a seminar, a personal growth seminar, and... I was just struck to my core by the impact that this seminar had on me in terms of the stories I had in my head about money, about love and relationships, about myself being a loser, all these stories I had. I finally unhooked myself from that. And it was such a profound experience taking my first personal growth seminar that I got hooked on the idea of, wow, what would it be like to create this experience for others? And like that, I knew that I was meant to be on stage. So that's how it started for me then it was in 2010 when I won that seminar. And then I put on my first one I think in 2011. And 
uh, it was completely messy and <laughs> uh, I didn't know what I was doing at all. There was no business model behind mm. it whatsoever. And this is one major reason why I advocate mentorship and getting guidance from people walk the path before. Because if it wasn't for that, I, I would have given up. I would have said, this is too hard. I don't know what I'm doing. And too frustrating. The financial return was non-existent. I would have just given up. But that's how it started, was that my own inspired by a speaker and the impact it could have in my life. And that's a fascination that only grows, actually, my love and appreciation for seeing really incredible speakers. So a, a speaker was who inspired you and made you to, to really set a goal to become a professional speaker like you are now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I know people have mixed emotions when it comes to this company, but it was the landmark forum is, was the one that I took. And uh, I was just so drawn to the fact that you could be your most authentic self and mm -hmm. have the greatest success. That's always been a key value of mine is authenticity. Having come from the nightlife and promotions background mm -hmm. and before that, the Hollywood background, because I went to school for screenwriting and spent five years trying to break into Hollywood, well, the authenticity piece has always been a core value of mine ever since I was a kid. I just wanted to just be really straight and truthful with people. I didn't like lying or being phony. Mm. But I didn't find myself in industries that really called forth authenticity to get ahead. There was more of the self-aggrandizement and then the name dropping and then the more using type approach to relationships. So what I discovered with being a speaker and then in our mentoring industry is that such a beautiful thing where your success is directly related to how authentic you can be, how it rewards certain old-fashioned values, such as doing really hard work, becoming an, uh, an expert in this space, really knowing what you're talking about, at the same time being honest and being truthful with people and having great integrity with what you do. Those are the ones who deservedly get ahead. I really love that part of our industry because it's, for whatever reason, <laughs> it's, it's rare in the world. But that's how it is here. Oh yeah, that, I, I agree what you say. If you are not authentic, you're on the stage, people will notice and nobody will buy what you offer, whatever the skills you have. <laughs> mm -hmm. Particularly nowadays, Oscar, I think audiences are savvier than mm. ever and they've been burned more than ever. And mm. it's just one of those things where we can get despondent as speakers and say, well, the market's tough or whatever, but I, I see there's an opportunity. Like how much more can you go into your heart and really out care everyone else and to break through that cynicism to provide such extraordinary service such that people, their walls come crashing down and they have to go to that next level with you. It's a beautiful thing because in so doing, you transform to your highest self. Yeah, it is. And John, could you tell us in simple words, what is a signature talk? Signature talk is a system for public speaking that results in your audiences predictably moving forward to the next purchasing step, right? So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. uh, in my signature talk, uh, it's called How to 10 Times Your Business Using Public Speaking, right? Since I'm a speaker trainer, that's a topic, right? It doesn't change. It's How to 10 Times Your Business Using Public Speaking, When I speak to any room, I know that of all the people there, that I'll be able to get half of those people into my next purchasing step, which is, in my case, it's a one-on-one -on -one, 
we call them magic sessions. Other people call them free consultations or strategy mm-hmm. sessions. So that's my next purchasing step. And that's the design and purpose of the signature talk is to get people to the next purchasing step. In my case, I know what my numbers are with getting people to the next purchasing step. And I know what my numbers are just as importantly in terms of conversion from there once we're in the one-on-one, right? So from there, I know then how many times I need to be speaking per month and what the room sizes need to be each time for me to have the lifestyle and income that I'm here to have. Mm-hmm. And is a signature talk only for professional speakers or uh, public speaking coaches or for other professions also? I would say that it's hard to think of anyone who would not benefit from having a signature talk. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of uh, aversion to this concept when I first heard it and mm-hmm. I delayed way too long in embracing the signature talk. I mean, like my first two years, I honestly delayed uh, in it. Um, I was more of a sales trainer than a speaker trainer at that time. And I had this view that because of my core values, of authenticity, and I know that you're the same way, Oscar, in valuing authenticity, how I interpreted that in the context of speaking was essentially to improvise or wing it each time, or more accurately, just flow from the heart, right? And trust that my authenticity will come through and that people will feel really connected to me and make that next buying decision with me. Uh, Not true. I've done it both ways. I've done it with this more flowing from the heart and unstructured approach. And I've Mm -hmm. done it with a structured approach. And I found that it is a immeasurably more effective to be structured with a signature talk and actually allowed me to be in my heart a lot more because when you're, unstructured, then the tendency is that you can get stuck in your head, not sure what to say. If someone asks you a question, it's not really, you're not fully prepared for it, no matter Mm -hmm. how you think you might be in this area of interest. Uh, It doesn't really honor your audience's time, frankly. And you're not becoming a great speaker because the reality is that it takes about 50 times of delivering the same talk to become a great speaker. Think of it like basketball. Michael Jordan has to practice that jump shot a lot more than 50 times before <laughs> he can become great at it. Yes. Or soccer, how many times do you have to practice those kicking it into the goal before you become great at it? <laughs> so it's kind of ludicrous, actually, to think that you can just get up there your first time without having practiced it before and doing it over and over again and think it's going to be great. It, it just won't. Not nearly as great as it could be. Mm-hmm. And you said that it took you like two years before having your signature talk, but it was because you somehow delayed it or since the time you decided to do it, was it still difficult? It took your time since the time you decided to do it? Yeah. Once I got through my stubborn mindset, of <laughs> I'm better off without. And then my monthly financials, just looking at that over and over again, and then trying out different things and think, oh, may if I do this, more marketing, get more people in mm-hmm. the room, that'd be great. And I realized that, no, this is actually a craft issue. Uh, people are not feeling compelled to go on with me to the next level. That's something that I need to look at both in my inner world, my inner game, my mm-hmm. mindset and so on, and emotional state with this and with what I'm saying how I'm actually bringing it out. And so once I got that, I 
created my first version of a signature talk, which was, uh, I think it was called like get more customers now or something like that. Right. And it was still in the sales arena, but it was about getting more customers. And it was the most attention that I put upon it. And I'd hired a mentor at that time because that's when I just had hit my breaking point. I realized mm-hmm. I needed to get help. So I invested about 8000 in having a speaker trainer support me with this. And it resulted in me having that first real financial breakthrough, honestly, where I really put attention on the talk. And then I had 30 people at that event. And I gave out the one-on-one sessions like I talked about. And from those, I had a package that I was offering of 12 or rather 10 sessions. And the package cost $1,200 for 10 sessions. And I sold 10 of those packages in the three weeks after that event. So Mm -hmm. I made over $12,000 in three weeks. And for me at the time, that was a huge breakthrough because the results were so inconsistent. And I was just so frustrated with this. And at that point, I was thinking still about maybe getting the day job. Like maybe that's the better route for me to go. But when I really put attention on my signature talk and how to really get it down and really have a system that I could repeat again, that was the most beautiful, encouraging thing. And knowing that if I did it once, I could do it over and over again as the numbers got bigger with the people in the room, as I spoke more frequently, uh, it would only get better. My packages, my rates would go up. It would only get better. And that's the way it's been. And that's what I've done with my clients over and over again is help them with this process because I believe in it so deeply. And I know that there's a before after impact in your life. It's just like the matrix. Like you take the pill and you wake up to what's possible. Mm -hmm. That's what having a signature talk is if you use speaking at all to grow your business. Well, excellent. And great that you you find your signature talk and you find the the success, initial success that kept you moving until now. And now if you can summarize what would be the, 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 the steps to craft your signature talk from scratch, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have a template, which I'm happy to give to anyone listening to this and a video that actually will guide you through it just as my gift uh, to you. And so, Oscar, you can make that known how to get that from me and you and I can mm-hmm. sort that out. Sure. But I'm happy to give that out. Thank you. So. Yeah, and this is just the formula, basically, there with a video to guide you through it. But I will say that the three key parts, as you'll see in Mm -hmm. this template video, are one, your personal story, two, your content, and three, your offer. So Mm -hmm. go through those really quick in order. Your personal story is designed to position you as an expert, to create the credibility with your audience, and to really provide that human connection as well. So to really engage the head and the heart. So the way we structure a personal story is a hero's journey structure mm-hmm. in which you will show your audience that you've been there before, whatever urgent problem they're currently dealing with, you've been there yourself, and ideally you've had it much worse than them, right? So an example of this is Tony Robbins, where mm-hmm. anyone who knows Tony Robbins will know that he was either broke or homeless or really overweight at some point because as a personal growth guru he has to really access those primal nightmare scenarios and so he makes that really really clear so you have to do the same thing with your audience is discover okay what is their worst nightmare scenario and then you gotta dive in and swim in it in some part of your life you have to have been there 
Of course, we can't end the personal story there. So then you transition how you got out of it. And then this is why you're so passionate about helping others with this urgent problem. And then it only stands to reason that you could potentially help them as well, right? So the personal story, when done really, really well, and this is what some of our clients experience, the ones who really embrace it, uh, it is literally worth gold. Your audience will already know they have to work with you before you even gone into your content or even know what you're offering. That's how powerful uh, it is. I find that this is a missing part for so many uh, speakers, a real, picking the right personal story uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the content is really the information part. It's the reason why someone would come to hear you speak. It's your knowledge, your wisdom that you're here to impart, the value piece such that no matter what they decide to do by the end of the talk, whether to further engage with you or that's it, they're done. Either way, they leave feeling like, wow, they really got some great value and you further the relationship and your brand and your difference that you're here to make in people's lives through the value that you bring. So common way of doing this is to have like the three easy steps to blah, 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 whatever it is, whether it's to mm-hmm. uh, how to mow your lawn better or whatever it is. If you're just in the infopreneur side of it, you know, and or for me, it's the signature system around your signature talk. Actually, <laughs> this is what we're talking about now. So that's what the content is uh, about, is the, the system that you have that could be the three easy steps to and so on, right, that people come to learn about. And then the offer is the most, I would say, uh, the content is what comes easiest to people because that's just teaching, right? So the personal story and the offer is where people come up the weakest by far. Uh, the worst thing you can do with an offer is not make one, <laughs> which... Uh, you've been around a while, Oscar, so you may not be surprised, but I think people in general might be surprised to know the percentage of time that someone doesn't make an offer or they make a really weak offer. Uh, making a really weak offer will sound something like, uh, thanks for coming. Um, here's my email if you want to get in touch further, or there's a stack of business cards there and grab one if you like. And the, the, Weak justification behind that, if I could, just in my years of experience of serving speaker entrepreneurs, is this mindset of an entrepreneur who's just going to struggle a lot, which is that if people are really interested, then they'll reach out to Mm. me, right? And I just find that to be such BS because (laughs) the, the reality is that people are fundamentally inert. The easiest thing, literally as easy as breathing, is to keep doing what you've been doing and to not really embrace change, right? I believe that there's a fundamental resistance to change. This is on a whole. I would say in any given audience, if you're lucky, you might get 20% that are ready for change and they will be proactive and reach out. That's on the high end. You'll get 20%. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the people are ones that you probably could legitimately help, but you have to really stand for them. And you have to make your stand really powerful and clear and compelling. And that's what an offer has to be. It's a really compelling, irresistible call to action that they can't say no to unless they're truly committed to staying stuck where they are, which people are. Or maybe it's just not the right time or maybe something in your talk they or your personality didn't resonate with you. Fine. You can't serve everyone. That's totally fine. But we're really talking about the ones that you can serve and are meant to serve how to make that compelling, clear call to action. So in my case, uh, 
that will sound like uh, an invitation to join Speaker Venture, uh, our community, and then to see whether, and then I really have to show why that's the <clears throat> greatest thing ever created for this audience of speaker entrepreneurs. So there's that uh, features and benefits aspect of it and what it is and what they'll gain from it. Then I say, to see if this is a fit for you, what I offer is the one-on-one speaker breakthrough sessions. These have a value of $500 because we're going to look at your signature talk uh, inside and out and then discover the best business model for you that you can immediately start use to generate $10,000 uh, every single time you speak, right? That's the intention for our speaker breakthrough session. And I said, for that reason, as a value of $100, but because you've come here today as my complimentary gift to you, it's absolutely free. Mm-hmm when you book today, right? Mm. And then my job is to get them in the calendar before they leave, which a lot of people don't do as well. They'll like send the clipboard around and collect some email addresses. And then that creates all this follow-up work. And then the person is less likely to show up too, because all they do is drop their email, which they do how many times in a week, you know? But when they make appointments, then that's a whole other level. Then they're going to show up because usually people show up when they make appointments. So you want to make the appointment with them while you're still on stage, ideally, and to send them around and then have them commit to a time that works for them. So those are the three stages, uh, Oscar, are um, the personal story, content, and offer. Well, excellent explanation in using the magic number, the three. (laughs) And you already mentioned that it's of course a mistake not to make the the offer or to make a weak offer mm-hmm. do you have some other um typical mistake people do yeah i would say making a paid offer when they would be better served by making a free offer uh that's another very common mistake it's one that i made myself mm-hmm. where I got seduced by being one of those big wig speakers that can like sell high ticket from stage. And I just thought, okay, I'll start off by offering my $397, uh, $400 weekend event. And mm-hmm. then I'll upsell more, right? Um, at that event, but then also from stage, just be one of those people that can sell, you know, after a signature talk, can sell a thousand or 5,000 or whatever. And it's, not that effective. Uh, personally, I'm not that aligned with seeing a speaker and then buying something at the end of it. Unless that person is a celebrity of some sort, they have existing reputation and credibility, mm-hmm. and I've been following them for a while, then yeah, I'm a lot more open and probable to buying something. But my first time ever meeting someone, when I got all the cynicism in the world, you know, potentially of like, who is this person? Are they just going to try to sell me something and blah, blah, blah. You're much better off with doing a free gift. Mm. And that free gift, you have to see the context for it where we can't be limited to like selling something on stage. Like one of the really big mistakes I see is selling your books at the end of a signature talk. And then it's like, okay, your book costs 20 bucks Mm -hmm. and you sell 10 of them. So then you made $200. Okay, that's not very exciting, <laughs> right? It's nice gratification, and then you can go out to like a nice dinner or two, but then that's it, you're done. Mm-hmm. Versus if you had done your one-on-one sessions with the people in the room and gotten as many of those people in the one-on-one session, and then with our clients, they're selling packages at least $3,000, 
right? That's what the, the value of each client is, is at least $3,000. That's if you're starting out, right? And so the money to be made from doing the gift first, which I believe should be the one-on-one session with you, it's the most direct straight line to, to income versus, say, like an audio recording or something else. Just really go for it. Go for the one-on-one appointment. Uh, it's far more lucrative and impactful way to go. Well, thanks you for the very good um, examples of what uh, not to do. <laughs> John, now, could you share with us your favorite quotation? Yeah, I love that you asked that. The one that I can say right now, today, is my favorite quote is... It's about comparing ourselves to others, you know, which is a tendency that I've had certainly in my life. And, you know, I think it's the whole reason that people don't want to go on Facebook as much nowadays, at least the people that I know. It's the whole comparison tendency that we have. But it really speaks to that. So the quote is, the only person you should ever compare yourself to is the person you were yesterday. Oh, <laughs> The only person you should ever try to be better than is the person you were yesterday. I think that's more accurate. So this to me really um, has been such a great reminder whenever I have envy about other people's success, right? That's the one I can go to right away whenever I think I should be further along than I am, which has really been a sickness that I know a lot of ambitious people like myself uh, have had. And that's been such a useful, empowering reframing of that because it's like compared to what? I should be further along, right? Like who's to say like what that is? It's just this mind-made standard that is many cases unrealistic. It's like people who have body image issues. It's like compared to what you should be better. The only one you should really compare yourself to is are you in better shape than you were yesterday? Right? Is your mm. mind clear? Are you further towards fulfilling your goals than you were yesterday? If you are, then that's every reason to celebrate. Oh yeah, that's a great quotation. Definitely, just uh, just be better yourself and not to not to compare. John, you mentioned that uh, you don't buy from from speakers in conferences, so probably you don't buy the books either there. But I guess you have read many books, so can you now? Recommend us one book that has particularly inspired you or influenced you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, first to clarify, I do buy from speakers that I see on stage uh -huh. if it really lands as the right fit. And occasionally when I didn't know them before, if they really are masterful mm -hmm. with it, uh, it can happen. So what I was saying was more for uh, in general. If you're starting out, these are some of the very best practices I've just seen worked and I've tried other ways that did not work. So that's what I was speaking from. Um, but in terms of a book that I would highly recommend, I haven't yet read a really great book on this topic of speaking. So that's one of my uh, 2016 projects is to be writing a book oh. on this topic. Uh, I will say that As entrepreneurs go, uh, the book I'm actually rereading right now is Michael Gerber's The E-Myth, uh, which is uh, E stands for entrepreneur, and it's a bestseller from 1986, and it's so timeless and valuable in terms of our tendency to be working in our business versus on our business and to be trading dollars for hours throughout versus really becoming 
regardless how you feel about McDonald's and their food mm-hmm. and their business practices, but really becoming the Ray Kroc of our own businesses and having employees and structures and systems for delivery that are outside of us. And I think this is so important for people who are in the expert space where they are the brand. People want to see them speak in person. They want to see them be the one who gets coached by them, right? It's all about personal intimate contact with this person. And I feel it can be a trap. And so the sooner we start thinking along the lines of how we can have a system that speaks for itself or it's not our face that's tied for it, then you can have a much bigger impact. You know, I think of T.R. Becker with Peak Potentials as having done this and what Warner Earhart did, Landmark Education are two examples of ones who've done it. And beyond that, it's hard to think of other examples who've really done it. Certainly among the modern uh, experts who've come out, it's entirely been them. So I'm going to go on a somewhat of a limb here and say that read the e-myth and really start thinking of your business as a business and not just you as the brand, right? But really everything that real world business entails and having the employees and systems for sustainable growth that you can one day sell it and have an exit strategy. That's what I would highly recommend right now. Mm-hmm. The e-myth. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't read it. So I have putting on my list also. Yeah. Let me know your thoughts. Oh yeah, sure. John, now could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing a daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give you two. So mm-hmm. first is if you ever have a mental chatter that you feel is distracting or that stops you from really uh, having a joy-filled life that is very productive and flowing, then meditation is absolutely essential for you, I believe. If you're really looking to achieve more than you have already and you believe that the mental chatter or the negative self-talk might be stopping you from that, meditation. I meditate twice daily and I really mean integrate a third one in the middle of the day. I just get caught up with the day. But I do it in the morning and the night uh, 10 to 15 minutes each time. And the difference is huge on the days that I do do it versus not. So meditation would be probably my biggest single recommendation if I can make to anyone in terms of a spiritual practice. Uh, the other one would be specific to speakers right before you go on stage. Um, my recommendation is to find a private space where you can center in yourself and hold your intention for the impact that you're about to have on the audience. And then while doing that, you also want to raise your energy as well. So maybe take a few moments to center and just visualize it going really, really well. Then what I do is I jump up and down, right? And I might beat my chest, do stretches and jumping jacks, right? Uh, you really need to be the most energetic person in the room when you go in, mm-hmm. you know, because my assumption is that there's going to be people in the room who either don't want to be there. They have uh, emails and other obligations that they think they should be tending to, or they're really hungry or whatever. And it's my job from the very second my name gets called up to hook their attention and to not give them a chance to let go for the next hour. So that requires something to really be, energized, right? Particularly these uh, morning or evening events, which a lot of times they are, we have to really, really bring it. So those would be two exercises I'd recommend. Okay. Well, awesome. 
John, thank you very much for this interview. It was excellent the way you show how to craft a, a signature talk. Could you finally tell us how we can learn more about you or follow you? Yes. Uh, the best way would be to go to speakerventure.com and you can learn more about us. And if you resonate with any of it, there's a no obligation application process, meaning that if you would like to attend one of our speaker venture events, then you can fill out the application and we'll have a conversation. And it'll probably be with me, actually. Uh, we'll get on the phone or Skype and connect and then see if speaker venture is the best fit for you. Uh, if you want to take advantage of the free gift, I think this would be the easiest way to mm -hmm. Oscar that you can also go to speakerventure.com and fill out that application and then request the gift through there as well. So that URL again is speakerventure.com. That's S P E A K E R V E N T U R E.com speakerventure.com. And then, uh, surely mentioned that Oscar sent you over. So I pay extra special attention. Oh, thanks a lot. Thank you very much, John, and all the best. Hey, thank you, Oscar. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.